0: Welcome to Beat the Block, a podcast powered by Beat Stars. The world's number one marketplace to buy and sell beats.
1: This is a show where we go deeper than the surface and talk about the best producers and artists in the game. Not just about their successes, but also the blocks, dark times, mental health, and unpaid work that comes along with it.
2: More importantly, we find out they bounce back and turn their downsides into upsides to make a career out of doing what they love so you can too. Get ready to
0: experience this episode of Beat the Block. What's up, games? Your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Ill Brown. What's really good? Well, it's your main man,
1: Trucks. Yo, and this is your girl, Candy.
0: And once again, it's on. You are live with the Beat the Block podcast, powered by the good folks at BeatStars. Today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, the homie has a resume as tall as he is. You know what I'm saying? Tall as Mexican, low key. <laughs> He's worked with Chance the Rapper, A Boogie, G Herbo, 50 Cent. Brent Fires, I got to throw that out there, even though it ain't in my notes. Please welcome the tallest Mexican, the homie Nasen. What's good, bro? Yo,
3: guys, man. Thank you
0: for having me on here, bro. How y'all doing? Um, it's our pleasure, man. Chilling, uh, man. We, we chilling. Everybody's maintaining, man. We, uh, you know, put some positive affirmations out there to the universe so we can receive its blessings. You know what I'm saying? All but day. Uh, it's a good day today, for sure. So what's been going on, man? What's poppin'? Trying to stay Rona free, sucker free, and uh trying to find a way to get that ten thousand dollars without getting finessed by the government. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> For
0: real. I think everybody on that, man. People already scamming on that talking about some uh, hey man, uh, give me give me a couple racks. Right. I'll
3: help you fill out the paperwork. Are they trying to finesse the SBA? That's crazy. I, no, they trying to <laughs> finesse the SBA, man. You know how it is at the shot. I support it, fuck it, man. You can take as much as you can from these
0: motherfuckers. Gotta get it, gotta get it. Hey, we pay for it anyway. (laughs) They ain't gonna do nothing with taxes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Real shit, man. So, uh, man, you know what? Let's dive right into this interview, man. I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off. Uh, First off, man, let's let's talk about, you know, the, the current social climate and everything, man. It's a lot happening in the world. You know, coronavirus, a lot of people protesting. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all that. You know, I'm glad our people are standing up. Like, no matter the hue, no matter the creed, Man, how you been doing these times though, man? how's everything been been with you?
3: I've been all right, bro. Like um in the beginning of the whole um like pandemic, it was hard to uh, actually be inspired and create. So, first couple of weeks, I didn't really I didn't really do much. Uh, and then, you know, you just kind of figure it out. You know I mean, you you um you get that itch, you know what I mean? You just go back in there and start creating and uh you adapt. You know, we we, we human beings we adapt quick, you feel me? So, one, you know, once I adapted to that, it was cool. I started making those, I making some music. But then I think once everything started to happen, just socially with, um, after what happened with George Floyd, it, again, same thing. It wasn't about, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. And um, it was a little hard to concentrate on that. So it, it took a little time, but we back at it now. You feel me?
0: That's what's up, man.
3: But other than that, man, we good,
0: bro. That's a good thing, man. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? As, you know, as far as... Uh... You know everything going on socially and stuff, man. Uh, what was what's one of the first things you did to kind of like break the ice as far as you know? What I'm saying jumping back in and, and getting re-inspired.
3: I I, just, I I don't know, but I don't think it was anything like really. Um, I mean, it was pretty simple. I Just hop back on. I just I just I just felt like I just started you know listening to, uh, some music again, whatever. Just hop hop back in and just even if uh, sometimes the thing we need to do is um, even if we're not feeling it and inspired, you have to work through it because that's when it counts the most. Cause you know, you can't just wait for it to be inspired cause that shit, if you do that, then you're never gonna make shit. You I mean, you, or you're not gonna make it much.
0: <laughs> That's real. You feel I me?
3: Mean? So there's never gonna be a perfect space to be like, oh, I, you know, I, I'm gonna only make music when I'm inspired. So uh, I just, man, I just got to it. Just sat down one day, started messing around and it just felt right, so, you know?
0: the vibrations always dictate where you roll with it man I'm
3: a firm believer in that and I'm I'm glad that you brought it up because I think that uh, it it was uh, conversations that needed to be had especially like myself who I'm I'm Mexican I'm not black I'm Mexican but I'm in black culture and I'm making I'm making money in black culture So what am I doing to put my money where my my mouth is? You feel me? As far as what I'm, in in this, you know, in this music, in this industry I'm in, so it's like I know what I do. So it's like it didn't change anything for me as far as like the narrative of like oh like calling the shit out if I see it, but now it forced other people that maybe turned a blind eye to it to actually have to talk about it, and you know. But that shit is learned. You feel me? You learn that shit at home. I didn't, with my home, I didn't, I don't, I didn't learn that shit. You feel what I'm saying? But um, but it's been the same, bro. You feel me? It's just now on a larger scale. You know what I mean? But we have to, uh, anybody that's in this culture that isn't black needs to, needs to uh, evaluate and be like, what am I doing in this? You know what I'm
0: saying? Indeed, man, that's real. Man, respect, respect on that, man. I. I, I that's definitely honorable, man. And, uh, you know, acknowledgement and uh, accountability is huge, man. I'm, I'm so glad you touched on that, man. Uh, you know, that's that's all it really is, man. You know, we empathize with each other's plights, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I stand with all my Mexican homies, man. Like, I mean, I've seen it, man. Like, I've seen ICE setting up, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yep. over Far East Side in Chicago. Man, we was going to pick a pizza up one night, man. And, and I saw him like, literally setting up. And I was like, Wow. This is this is really real out here, man. Some people have to really move different. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I, I'm like, yo, our, our war is definitely not with each other, man. I always say it's with policy. You know what I mean? Like these policies are in place to make all of our lives a living hell, no matter what color you skin. So yeah,
3: I mean the game is rigged. So it, you know, it, it, once you know once you're aware of that, then you know what I mean. Then you already know what
0: it is. No doubt.
3: But yes, we are we we need we do need to, like you said, you know, we understand our plight and we need to uh obviously stick together, but it's just like it's it's just um, it's crazy, bro, because not everybody's on that same page. And I, I was in Chicago when I seen some videos of like, you know, supposedly it was uh on little village, like some Latin Kings, you know, using the excuse of the looting and the rioters to like protect businesses and go and you know go ram people's cars that were black and, and throw bricks at their cars and stuff. And it's like, why don't they do that when the ice cream man get robbed? When the guy that sell corn and the you rob and go, I right, go, come on, bro. you know, like let's go hold it down. So it's like, don't use that as an excuse. Don't you don't cut. You know, you feel me? Yes. So it's like, so that that kind of it was it was upsetting to see because like, Indeed. like what are we doing? You feel know I me? Mean? Like what 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 I'm getting? Right.
0: right. I I like that man because I like to see us use. You know, I, I like to see us use <laughs> for us not when it's beneficial but when it's actually necessary. You right. know what I mean? Right. You know, instead of. 'Cause yeah, all the time, man. I like I heard about uh one of Paletta man's getting robbed. And I'm like I'm like, come on, man, those are the most innocent people in the hood, period. They man they're typically older you know what i'm saying just trying to make an honest dollar right, man right. like they should be the most protected right. people in the hood man and
3: when i and not to say that it was any and not to say it was all of that because i'm not saying that it was all the, of this particular it was just a certain yeah. group you know whatever because you know, the next day was more videos coming out of of other people like nah man we we stand with y'all like that that was just a couple people yeah. whatever so i hope that's what it was you know what i'm saying that that was just a certain a group of, group of people that were doing that
0: Indeed so, man So uh, you know Let's switch gears A little bit man One of my favorite albums Right now Still Steelmatic Was the first joint You bought with your own money man And it, it inspired you To start rapping A lot of people Yo Hold on You never told me this man
3: <laughs> No, I wanted well, Cause I was I was what um, I was in 7th grade 2001 I think so, so, so yeah I wanted to rap I wanted to DJ And I wanted to rap But like the problem with that was that like, where was I gonna come up with the money to buy turntables and like, and buy a mixer and you know what I mean? Like it was like- Word. So that's why I was like, oh yeah, rapping. You know what I mean? But then I'm like, no, I'm not good. This is trash. I don't wanna, you know what I'm saying? And then I ventured off into actually making beats. For the
0: Steelmatic album though, man, like what was it about that project that made you wanna say, you know what? I need to see if I got some bars in me or something. You
3: know what I mean? Like. Man, if I, off the top of my head, I'd probably say rewind. Oh. I, I respect the art, you know, just the art form and like how you told a story from the end to the beginning and reverse. It was crazy, like, so I was like, this shit's tight. Like, this is crazy, you know what I mean? And really that day I went, when I bought Cinematic, it was between that and um, word of mouth. Ludicrous, so I had like enough for one, and I was like, I don't know which one to get. And I was like, Man, I'm gonna get the stillmatic ones. I saw the video on 106 in Park. It was you uh, got yourself a gun. It's the only reason why I bought it because my knowledge wasn't as I wasn't knowledgeable in hip hop. I mean, I knew like Dr. Dre, I mean, I didn't really know, you feel me, like what was going on, so I just bought it because of that.
0: Man, hey, you, you you took a good swing with, with the stillmatic <laughs> joint,
3: <laughs> you know, that stillmatic album was special, man, for real, for real. And then you go down the rabbit hole and it's like, oh, DJ Premier, LES. Oh, okay, um, you just start, you feel me? Then, then, then I went back and bought Illmatic. And, you know, this is before, you know, you had access to music. So like on your phone, this is you had to go buy a CD. So it was it was an actual thing to go to the store, get your parents, or somebody to drive to the store, get the CD, and you know what I mean?
2: That was the best feeling, just getting the CD and just reading the liner notes. Oh
3: yeah, all day. Oh man, yeah. that was the
0: first order of business, man. Crack it open read the line of notes you know what i'm saying like man who produced what who got the credit on this joint that joint man we was really educating ourselves all day. but really being fans at the same time didn't know that one day we'd be all all of us would be in those same line of notes one day you know what i'm saying
3: yeah one day, exactly
0: yeah yeah so you know right there that's manifestation man reading those line of notes like man one day i'm gonna be in these line of
3: notes and yeah, yeah, and get to see who makes the album, who mastered yeah. it, like shit like that, you know? Like, you just, you know what I mean? That other people might not really care about, but, you know. Oh, no question. You just,
0: you just, end it, yeah. you know, we building up to this next question. You know, so you had a breakthrough moment, called in the case slate. Like, I know a little bit of this story, but even, you know, us being homies or whatever, I didn't get the full story, so I'm glad I'm able to ask this question. Ended up turning into a 50 cent placement, man.
3: Start from the beginning. We got time cuz, tell us the whole story. We got time cuz, the whole story was, I used to listen to K Slay's show on um, on Sirius XM. And I, I think one day it was like Jim Jones in the show, and he was rapping to some beats. And I was like, man, I need to get K Slade some beats. I, I don't know why, I just, I'm like, so I got the number and I called and he, he picked up. Like he actually put the line Word. her. And, and I'm like, during the show, and I'm like, yeah man, I produce, I wanna send beats. I'm like 17, 18 at the time. And I'm not producing shit. I'm making beats in my room. I'm not, you know what I mean? And he's like, yeah man, take take the email down. So I sent him some music and uh, he hears me back. Like, yo, this is a, uh, I love this shit. This is, I want this for Papoose. So I was hyped. Cause like, that's my first, like, you feel me? Like so, somebody wants to rap on my shit. I was super hype and I was like, and in my mind, I was like, man, I'm gonna just tell him I'm we'll gonna be in New York next month just so we can link up. Cause I was just like, I was just, I was hungry, bro. And I'm still laying, but like, yeah. the, in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna just say, oh yeah, I'm gonna be out there already. Like, yo, we gotta link up. The whole time, really going just to go link with him. Cause I'm like, I'm trying to make some sure shit crack.
0: You feel me? Yes, sir. Absolutely.
3: So I get over there and uh, I got his number and everything. And he didn't, uh, he wasn't, you know, he's giving me the, the, the runaround. Like, I wasn't even getting a call back. So, so I was like, I still just played it cool, played it cool. you know I showed up to the actual building at the, by the at the Rockefeller Center, is it and I went over there and um and I was waiting for him bro because I was like, I'm gonna run into him eventually, right He's gonna have to like let me know what's up like Indeed. and then he do pull up and he's like, yo man, my bad like shit crazy, you know whatever I'm gonna come down, I'm gonna come send somebody down to get you." So mind you, I'm with like two of my homies that I work with from Baltimore. We just knew each other from MySpace. Like we would make beats together and stuff. Or just, you know, we were just cool. You know what I mean? Like, look, producer community. No doubt. So I got them with me, so they're like, oh shit. Like they're just watching like this ain't gonna happen. Like this, like, you feel know <laughs> me? Like this is this gap. Man, bro, he never came down and got me. And. Uh, I was, I remember like, I remember just like, at the moment, like this hour passed, two hours passed, Man, no, this shit is dope, man. So like at that moment, bro, it's a lot of emotions going on. You mad, you frustrated, you fucking upset. You're, you're like, what the fuck? It's like, I'm 18 and I'm scrapping up whatever I can. I'm working, at, I think I was working at finish line at the mall. So, you know, I'm not making a lot of money, bro. You feel me? And um, so, and I had to pay for it myself. So that shit, that trip cost you $500, bro, 18. That's a lot of yeah, money.
0: Yeah, definitely a setback. It's still
3: $500, it's still $500, like, but you like, damn. I remember like uh, Curtis Blow was outside of this building and my friends were taking pictures with him. Like, yo, man, it's Curtis Blow. I'm like, man, fuck Curtis Blow. I don't give a fuck. I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. But at the moment, I'm like, I don't give a fuck, bro. I'm out. I left. I was went to the hotel. (laughs) <laughs> I went to the hotel. I had a. I had a. The next day, I had to go back to the city because I was staying in Jersey. So I had to go back to the city the next day because um, I had to catch uh, you know, the bus back to LaGuardia. So had a little downtime to charge my computer and my phone. And I uh, I was on all hip hop and I saw an interview. And they were talking to the G and the staff, and the fucking light bulb turned on. and I was like, bro, I'm gonna go pull up and drop some beats off. So. Yeah, so I just walked over there from Port Authority to, like, Madison Square Garden, went to the office, and it was real easy. Like, I just went in. I was like, yeah, I'm here to go to GU, and then, yeah, sign in. Boom, signed in, I'm in. But when I walk in, there's a fucking bulletproof glass, and there's a 50-cent, life-size 50-cent cutout poster, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, whatever, sorry. and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm here. And the, and the intern, the dude at the, at the um, desk, his name was A, he was an intern, and for whatever reason, bro, he just he just wanted to help me out. And that's what I was telling John earlier. Those situations are like turning, you know, sugar, turning shit into sugar. You feel oh, me? Oh, question. And and um and having to, you know, just like step back and be like, yo, you know what? I gotta make most of the situation. I gotta flip it, cause in reality, it ain't no bad situation. There's no real. There's no negative. It's how you flip it. You know Always I mean? gotta you, flip
0: it. That's facts.
3: You gotta you gotta flip it. So I had set the bar at Papoose, when really it was Fifty Cent that was waiting. <laughs> I didn't think at the time I was even like good enough to do that. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I knew my, my shit was cool, but I didn't think like, yeah, I'm gonna go shoot for that. You feel me? Indeed. Maybe that was my fault. But at the end of the day, I put my, I met the shit halfway. And that's how you gotta do you gotta it. You got me to halfway. Definitely.
0: Man, that's important, man. Meeting the universe halfway, and take it from there. I promise y'all, man, for all y'all th- listening, take that gem right there, fold it, fold it up real neat, and put it in your pocket and use it every day. You know what I'm saying? yeah yeah indeed yo that's funny it's funny
2: you said that uh that you uh you felt like your shit like wasn't good enough for 50 like at, at the time you know what i'm saying but you were just you, you just said they just sound like fuck it you're you just like fuck it that was the same exact shit with me when i sent beats to them you know what i'm saying like i was sending tony g shit and then he's like yo these are amazing i just cc'd dre mckenzie and then just the rest is history yeah you know what i'm saying.
3: And, and honestly, man, I'm so grateful for Dre McKenzie and, and A because they're like, man, they're like like bro, they like Me too. They were two people that like I was at a point they they they, they really like shifted my life path. Definitely. You know what I mean because of them being there at that point and guiding me in this direction, changed my whole life. Oh,
2: absolutely. I could say the same for myself too. Like I didn't know A personally, but like I knew I knew Tony G and Dre McKenzie. Like those were the dudes that like they made those th- they made those records happen. And that's when I realized, oh, this yo, this is I'm in this for life. Like I gotta do this shit. You know what I'm saying? So the music industry is real, like like y- you have a lot of big egos in this industry, right? And you're really you're big on being easy to work with. That's why we work together so well. Whenever we're in the studio, it's you know, it's nothing. We're working on something. You know what I'm saying? Can you talk about that and then share how that's helped? you become successful in this industry?
3: So with ego, right? Well, ego is definitely gonna it's it's the enemy, bro. It's not it's not gonna help you um I mean at all. It's like you um, being easy to work with, it gets you in a lot of rooms because people don't want to work with difficult people. And that's in any field of it's not even music. Anything you do, you don't want to work with difficult people. As talented as they may be, because it makes the process less, I mean, enjoyable. And and when you're making music, why do you want to be not enjoying it? you know, it's just very, it's just, you know what I mean? It's just super simple. I mean, you have situations where people maybe aren't as socially adept, or maybe they're just uh, socially awkward. And so, but that doesn't mean they're difficult to work with, you know? You don't have to be like this great personality and fucking, you know what I mean, whatever. you. But, you know, but if you're, I've, I've dealt with people that are hella talented, super talented, but they're difficult to work with and it didn't go past that, you know what I mean? You have to remove that ego and remove the I and stop making yourself so important. It's like some shit just happened, you know what I mean? Like, it just it is what it is, you know what I mean?
2: Indeed, indeed, teamwork makes the dream work when it comes to music. You know what I'm saying?
3: Absolutely. I'm and, and I'm literally like, I'm. That's the reason why I'm even still working, bro. It's not because it's because I have like people that I work with that are fucking super talented. You know what I mean? They're crazy, and it's like, and that collaboration is the reason why I'm still even here right now. You know what I mean? Because I work with Coop and Beat Butcher and Lowe's and Jake One and you. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's the reason why I'm able to even still make me, you know what I mean? It's why I'm here. Everybody got different strengths, you feel me? And as long as you know what your lane is and what your role is, and that's what you got to do.
2: It took me like years to find my strengths, like straight up and down. And now I know how to collaborate with people.
3: Yeah, that's important, bro, it is. I mean, you know, I think the reason people think that before producers were doing it all by themselves, you know, I, I don't know if that's entirely true because you, what you have now is social media that shows everything. It shows you, like, you're in the studio with such and such. Back then, they was working with people, too. Now, maybe there was a little more, maybe they wasn't really crediting people or they was not being, like, they wasn't posting about it because it was nothing to post, but people always work with people. It's always, you know what I mean? It's always been the issue.
1: Indeed, I totally agree. So there are a lot of people that chase big placements. I mean, you kind of took that leap of faith early, early on and and snagged a a few, but then you pivoted to work with like new artists and develop with them. So can you talk about like the mindset you had when you started to work with up and coming artists?
3: Right, with up and coming artists, man, it was some shit that it, it, it would always find me. I wasn't looking for new artists. Like, so I would, I I mean, I would listen to shit, but I wasn't like, in the beginning, I was trying to get the big placements. And, um, you know, I was trying to work with all the big artists and all that stuff. And then what I learned with that is that it's like, it's like playing the lottery. And it's just like, you know, a lot of these bigger artists already have a team. They already have their go-tos. And um, so you're really just like, you just kind of like hoping the shit's gonna work, you know, hoping that they're gonna like something or whatever, but where I shifted into new artists is probably like in 2012, This rapper named Asad, he from Philly, they reached out to me and and my homie QB. And uh, he was probably one of the first new artists that I was, like, really heavily involved with. All his stuff, and Trox has worked with him as well. Yeah, many times. But it really changed when I moved to L.A. And the whole reason why I moved to L.A. was to work with this girl named BB Barelli, which my friend, Babe, told me about. And, you know, again, at that time, I was trying to save my money up to come move to L.A., And you know, shit, you need some bread, man. You gotta get an apartment, down payment, furniture. It adds up. And my boy was like, bro, crash on my couch. Like, just stay here. Like, don't just, we'll figure it out. Just come here and work with her. And um, again, that was another moment where my life changed. Because after that, I, you know, I mean, shit, everything changed. I got better as a producer. I met more, I met new artists. And I learned really that the leverage as a producer, where we gain our leverage is working with artists, new artists and breaking them. Because, um, then you create a sound, you create a product that everybody is gonna want, you know what I'm saying? For me, that's, and it just became more enjoyable for me. I like being a part of, I like being the beginning of the podcast. And um, it it just, for real, man, like, I wish it was like some, I don't know, like, it just, it just, it's what comes easy to me, cause they find me. I don't, sometimes I don't find them. I don't, you know what I mean? They just hit me up or uh, be like, yo man, I got this dude, same with Brent. The only reason why I met Brent was cause Ty, his manager, was like, yo, I got this kid named Brent that I found. Y'all should work with him. All right, cool. (laughs) Like, let's do it, you know what I mean? And it just just worked.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how everything just kind of works out. One thing leads to another, it's like the snowball effect. That's what we call it in, in, in the music industry. So sometimes you just gotta get started and then see where the road takes you. So you had a nine to five for a good amount of time. Can you share how you were able to balance that, you know, while trying to make it out here, producing?
3: It was tough, man. In the beginning, I mean, I always like, I mean, I always had to have a job just because that's what my parents, you know, they, that that's what they wanted me to do. And I, it's cool and it's good to learn how to, you know, what I'm saying, work hard and earn money and, you know, see you, you appreciate shit more. But I think after I got my placement with 50 and I still had to work, it, in my mind it was it didn't make sense because I'm like, yo, I'm working 50 cents, got check for seven racks, like, yo, I'm lit. I don't need to be working you know what I mean? In my head, that's how I processed it. I thought that that I would. You know that I made it, or you know you feel me that I'm already in the in, in the door. But like I remember, man, like uh, a Jake one interview, and he said that like being broke is never cool. Like it's never cool. And he this is a person that had was working with G Unit Fifty, and still had a job at like I think it was a city hall or something. He was working like as a you know. What I mean? As a clerk, whatever you know, what I mean? if I'm not mistaken, so to see someone like that, that who's fucking amazing, incredible, and you was still working the job, like still, you feel me? I was like, all right, now I'm not, I'm not. There's no shame in hard work. Like you need to just do what you got to do, and it's different lanes for everybody. Some people have jobs. Some people they got other hustles. Uh, that was just what I was doing. You know what I mean? I just had a job. I had different jobs. I, I couldn't hold a job for, for much long, you know, for very long, uh, just because you know. Whatever, you know, my, just cause I, you know, I just thought it was that when I moved to LA in 2014, that's when I stopped. That's the last time I had a job was March of 2014.
1: So how was that moment? Like, was it because of who you were working with or you was, what? what was that fuck this shit moment? I'm not working.
3: Man, it was definitely the last job I had, man. It was it was the last job I had. I used to work at this spot called uh, Safe Light Auto Glass. Oh, and I, you, I like, remember one. you
2: talking to me about this.
3: I ain't gonna lie, like I definitely definitely tried to like, yo, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sell some weed. I'm gonna I hit my homie up, yo. I had a, I had a royalty check, yo. Look, we're gonna buy a couple pounds if we're gonna make this shit work. Flop. <laughs> that shit did not work <laughs> out. That was God telling <laughs> me oh, not to go. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna go back get the job, stack my bread up, so I can go to L. A. When my friend Babe told me come crash on the couch, I said, "Oh, it's lit. I'm out. Like I'm gone. Like I haven't. I have money, so I'm cool. Like enough to just, you know, figure it out. I just quit. Like I was done. I just said again. It was one of those moments where like, I like had to uh, kind of like, you know, had to take that leap and just be like meet the shit halfway. You know what I mean? So I went to LA, and the shit was tough, man. Like." You know, you sleeping on your homie couch and you bring a chick over, you gotta get the fuck out. You gotta go to the studio or something. Or you gotta go <laughs> go call your other homie up. Like, yo, what's up, bro? Let's chill. You know what I mean? Let's hang out. Right. But it's, it's necessary because this shit ain't for everybody. And it shouldn't be. Because you need to be able to really, really, like, go through some struggle, bro, and see what you made of. And kind of prove to it. Like, yo, I'm I'm here. I'm here for that. Like, what's up? What we doing?
1: Right. It's almost like proven to yourself and the universe. Like, how bad do you really want it?
3: Yeah, man. Like, that's why not everybody make it.
1: Because, it, you
3: know what I mean? It's just not, not everybody. Some people are like, yo, fuck this. I can't do this. I'm, I'm not doing right. this. Right.
1: Like, i I rather just go get a job. or i rather just...
3: And, and it's no knock. It's, it's not, like I said, it's not, it, you know, it it's just is what it is.
1: So you were working in the good-ass job sessions in Chicago, and you met Kanye, which is pretty crazy. Can you share that story, how that came about?
3: The chance, I think it was, it was like September of 2018. I worked closely with like um, a lot of his inside homies, like so. I work uh, his inside producers for like Stakes and Carter and Smoko, and I think I just they was telling me like they were like, yo, like Chance and Kanye about to work, and this is in September, so I was like, fuck, it, I'm gonna go home, cause all my family in Chicago anyway. So it just worked, you know. I was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna go home. And then um I didn't know I'd be like working with Kanye or anything because I didn't I didn't even know that uh, he was there at first. But then like I ran into uh, a friend of mine, his name is Bugs. And Bugs is a, a Chicago legend producer and uh one of the yeah one of Kanye's probably like close friends the closest friends and, and a producer and do music and he I ran to him in the kitchen of the studio and he was like bro you're here like I didn't even know yo man come on come upstairs so I, I, you know because they was upstairs and Chance was downstairs at the studio so uh, I got to just kind of see how they do things and we just made a lot of beats together and I would hear Kanye cut to certain ideas and the first time I met Kanye West was I was at, uh, downstairs at CRC working on a beat with uh, Lido and Francis and the Lights and Carter. And then uh, Chance walks in the room, then Kanye comes in the room, I'm like, oh shit, I like, f- I'm- I grabbed my phone, I'm like, fuck this, I'm recording this, because they was freestyling, you know what I mean? And they were going to different rooms and freestyling to different beats that were being like played and made. So I just had just made this shit, and they walk in and I'm like, oh, grab the phone. I'm like, nah, this is lit. I'm like, this is like the perfect way. This is the way I would have wanted to meet Kanye West in the studio with him and Chance free- like just kind of freestyling over this beat. But that shit was a cool experience, man. For real, that shit was dope. Even though like none of them songs came out. You know what I mean? That's super dope. Shit was really cool. No doubt, no doubt. And because it's Kanye West, bro. You from Chicago, you you chop cell samples. He's oh, of course, of
0: course. I got, I got some uh, wild Kanye stories I, I had to share with you off the air, bro. <laughs> like, like you know, all of <laughs> us are around the same age. So, uh, you know, we used to see Ye when he had the biggest chip on his shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking like 1920 Kanye. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Oh man, it was. I got some funny stories, man. He's always been like a cool, artsy, flamboyant cat. But there's there's a story involving a silk shirt. That's <laughs> that's just it's it's next level <laughs> funny, man. I, I would definitely uh, tell you that off the air, man.
2: Yo, what up, L Brown?
0: I'm thinking of signing up for B
2: Stars. What's your experience like?
0: Man, bro, BeatStars came through for me at a tough time, man. Uh, Of course, the industry is much different now. It gave me a platform where I didn't have to build my own website, and I was able to upload my beats and sell them and engage with the community, man. I had a crazy first month, man. Did like 4K in sales. Wow. And I've been a fan and a member of BeatStars ever since. Sign up on BeatStars and start making money with your beats. Go to bit.ly slash beattheblock one. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash beat the block number one. Peace. Bro, speaking of hilarious stories, what's the funniest thing that's happened to you thus far in, in the music industry so far, bro?
3: It's, it's, man, it's a lot of shit I can't even say. <laughs> Nothing incriminating, though. Nothing incriminating. <laughs> Some of the craziest edges I've been in was probably in the beginning of like me moving around in Chicago. Was uh, going with Slide <laughs> oh and, man. Like, I would go to the most like um, trickiest like shit because I'm just hungry. I'm just like, yo, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really like scared, yeah. bro. I'm not like you feel me. Like I'm coming. Oh, yeah. I know where I'm here for. I'm yeah, not here. I'm come, here to music. So it's like. So my reality, my perception is, I'm here. We'll play some beats. We'll make some shit, and I'm out. Like there's no, you feel me? So I remember I would go to like a slide polaroid session. Yes the it's called the lines, then. And I would have producers. say like, yo, man, you you're not like you go over there for real. Like you're not scared to go. I'm like, nah. And like, but I, then I would go, and I'm like, okay, I see why they probably asking me, but it's like. Bro, I mean, you know, you just can't be scary, man. I don't know. That was just me. I mean, you can't be stupid either. You feel me? But it wasn't nothing crazy going on there. It was like, oh, like nah you wildin bro. You tripping like you. Nah, it, was, it was it was it was chill, man. It was nothing crazy. But it it was it was it was, it was kind of, you know, it was <laughs> like,
2: oh. <laughs> it's crazy to the average bear.
3: Right. Yeah, definitely is. And uh I um appreciate that cuz Sly, you know, like again, he get yeah, he's another person that took a chance. Yo, oh, man, you no. your shit. You feel me? And just because the type of beats I was making, I think I was more drawn to working with like that, those type of artists, like Slide Polaroid and Lep Bogus Boys. So I would be on Seventy Second and Halstead you know, a couple times a week. And if you, if you know, you oh, know yeah. that, that area is a little tricky. So it's like, and uh, again, people will like be like, "Yo, man, you go, you go over there." I'm like, yeah. I go, I go over there. I call five minutes before I get there, like yo, I'm about to pull up. Come outside, smart man. You know what I mean? I'm not <laughs> hanging man. around chilling on the outside, but you know, yeah, I go. You feel yeah.
0: me? I, it, but, um, it will be times, man. Like uh, I tap in with you, bro, be on social media. Like, hey, what you all, man? You be like, man, I'm finna go work with Sly. I'm finna go work with Lep, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Be careful <laughs> over there. You know what I'm saying? Because you know I've been in <laughs> sessions with them, and I'm <laughs> Southside born and raised. And I would still be like, you know what? Let me announce myself, you know, prior to getting there. Because you don't just want to be standing outside around there. Like, that's real.
3: You got to use common sense sometimes, you feel me? Just, you know, But, uh, but, you know... But yeah, man. But those were some good times, bro. Definitely, I met a lot. I mean, during that era when I was like, I was literally running around the city, giving out beats free because I'm trying to build that rapport with people. Like, yo, like um, you feel what I'm saying, like, yeah, I just went with Fifty, so I would use that to get, you know, you know, have a conversation to get in the studio. But then, you know, like I'd be like, yo, bro, I didn't, I didn't get paid for a lot of that shit, but it was cool because you know, it's like you paying your, you paying your dues. You're trying to, you, you building that rapport, and so I met a lot of, you know, I worked with a lot of, you know, in Chicago, a lot of people that, you know like YP and I remember Big Homie Doug was rapping at the time and uh, you know working with Mickey Halstead and LEP and you it also shows. You know, it it also
0: shows us too bro like how many people not necessarily I would say fell off but had to pivot somewhere else because it, what you said this is just not for them you know what I'm saying maybe you had something else right? you know the universe had planned for you man but it's crazy seeing who's still around and who's you know Maybe doing real estate, or maybe managing, or you know, pivoting and start DJing, or, right. or hosting podcasts, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's real.
1: Hey, man, for real. Yeah, yeah that's real shit. Definitely. Yeah. Or doing all of it. Absolutely. Like us. We're doing all that shit. We <laughs> some Renaissance gang, people gang. over we, here. We do it every day. You know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah, man. My, my nerdy ass even started doing fucking cartoons <laughs> and shit. How about that?
2: <laughs> I just started making videos and shit, man. that ass but yo speaking of videos you had this crazy idea at the time and i've been blessed to actually be a part of this process actually you ended up making a short film where you you made it to promote a beat tape could you tell the story of how that happened and how you made it happen
3: that idea happened me and qb made a, a beat tape and it was like very, like, um, like the samples were also real, like, I don't know, like Rick Ross like type shit. Like, real, yeah. like, a rush, you know what I mean? So it's called Top Floor. I was just trying to think of other ways to make the shit stand out because um, this is like during, what, 2013. So this is still like the blog era. So people were dropping, you know, mixtapes and beat tapes. And I just wanted to do some cool shit. But initially, it wasn't a short film. I just wanted to do like a visual, like a trailer, like a promo video for it. And um, I have my good friend, Brandon Riley. Uh, I was talking to him about it and we would bounce ideas back and forth. And then it just became a short film. And then I was like, okay, cool. Well, how am I going to tie this shit in? I was like, well bet, I'm going to do um, all the samples that we flipped on um, on the tape. They'll just be the score. Cause it'll fit, you know what I'm saying? The score, be the score of the movie, it'll, it'll, aesthetically the, the, the two girls that are in it, it's all going to tie in, it's going to feel like it. And that, that, that's really all it was, bro. It wasn't nothing, you know what I mean? I was just trying to do some cool shit. And, uh, that, you know what I mean? That was really pretty much it.
2: Man, you went as far as having a release party for it, though, right? You had a premiere and everything.
3: That's because my, my, my good brother, Angel Martinez, man, He he's always uh, supported me and, and believed in me. And, 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 you know what I mean? And he put that shit together for me.
2: I'm just grateful to have a small part, in, a small role in that in the, on that tape. I did a baseline on the yeah, first. Yeah, you did, sure. bro.
3: And, and I meant, hell yeah, you did, bro. You did a lot of shit. We did a lot of shit together, but that was definitely something. And I, you know, I, 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 I wish I did maybe like, uh, focus on that more in the future, but I think that because I moved to LA the next year, I had to really focus on my production like you know like really really like get better and um and learn more and uh and, and that's what it was and you know what i mean and maybe it's something that we, we can revisit but you know what i mean
2: absolutely i mean you're in la like you're in right, the right. film capital of the world i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah you can for sure revisit. i just
3: like i have enough respect for the that art of filmmaking that i, I want to make sure yeah. that if i ever do do something like that again we're going to do it right you know what I mean?
2: definitely so for our listeners how do you think that they could do something similar to that, or at least adopt that mindset to promote their own work.
3: Just how you get creative with your beat making, you have to get creative with your, I mean, thinking, and just how, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's other lanes to doing shit. There's not one way to do it. There's multiple ways, you know what I'm saying? And that applies to even how to get money in, in this music. You know, it's not just about album placements or Bro, there's licensing, there's syncs, you know what I mean? There's uh, movie trailers. There's, I mean, there's, a, I mean, there's even just uh, like certain brands that have, you know, that post social, you know, that post on social media that need music for their posts that will pay you X amount of dollars just to use music non-exclusively. So it's like it's like money that's it's like free money. It's like you don't you're not giving up the music, right? And you're getting paid for it.
2: Well, I feel like there's other ways you could like market the music as well. You marketed of uh, your tape literally by doing a short film which is crazy right but you also see cats like i'll take for example uh the, Fred, the alfredo album freddie right. gibbs mm-hmm. alchemist like they did i mean of course like they did the merch but the crazy like the thing that like really caught my eye the most was the comic book yeah just imagine doing a comic book to your shit right right
3: yeah that's tight. I'm pretty
2: sure they weren't the first ones but like it's like come on like just like add, like, attach some kind of
3: cool, like, Now, let me ask like, you this. product the Comic book, you had to pay for it? Yeah, you had to pay okay, for so, it. so it makes sense because the music is free. Right. So it's like, what, how else are we gonna make some bread, right? Besides, we can't tour right now. But let's just say, all right, let's say we could tour. But how else could we make more money? How, how much? How else could make money? Like, so having merch that's cool, but having a comic book that's even that's some collector shit. That's what she, even you gonna buy, and they may not make it no more. Exactly. And your true, your fans, your, your real fans, they're gonna buy that. You know what I mean,
2: absolutely, absolutely. Just provide something different. Right. That's pretty much. Your answer in a nutshell is just provide something different. Right. Yeah. That's what I took from it anyway. As you've gone through your journey, what do you do to take care of your own mental health? Like, I know you've seen and been through a lot of crazy shit.
3: Uh, for my mental health, let's see, I um I definitely I mean, get some sort of obviously physical exercise that's important. We we tend to a lot, so it's you know what I mean and we up late work late nights overnight sometimes so we need to take better care of ourselves in that sense physically you know what I'm saying go for, go for walks go hoop shit like that but also I read a lot so that um helps me just kinda I don't know it just for me just it just helps me I, I know I'm, like that for me reading just lets me I mean, obviously I'm learning some new shit but I get away from the music and I don't know it's just it's just it's, it's good to uh, to exercise your brain your mind as well you know what I mean um, in other areas besides creatively. What have What have you been reading lately? Uh, I just finished uh, Stillness Is The Key by Ryan Holiday. That's a good one. And I just started the Steve Jobs old biography, which I heard. You know, I ain't ready yet, but I know it's it's gonna be fire. So
2: if you could go back in time to Little Nonsense just writing rhymes and listening to Stillmatic, what would you tell him?
3: Man, what would I tell him, man, I would tell him, Little Not Young Nonsense, huh? Mm-hmm. When I started i probably tell you, be more act, physically active. Cause like I got, I, I got big as hell. When I was like from like 16 to 17, I'd like, yo bro, get your ass up. Like do something. <laughs> i probably tell him that. Get your fat ass up, bro. <laughs> what else would I tell myself, man? I, I don't know, man. I really feel like, um, I don't know. I, I feel like what I've been doing, man, it's like, it's been at my pace and my journey. And I'm, and I'm like every step of the way, bro, all the shit I had to do like, I don't, I wouldn't change the shit. It's cool. Like, I like, it's the way it's happened. just the way it had to happen. You
1: know what I mean? Man, that's, it's crazy how everything just unfolds and works. Like, we sit in on these interviews and it helps us because, I mean, it's kind of inspiring even, like, for someone like you to listen to producers that you might look up to or work with and, and how they navigate it and fell into opportunities that they actually, you know, wanted to do, but didn't think was possible so it's cool to hear how everything has unfolded for you so you've accomplished so much at this point what's next for nonsense like what are you looking forward to
3: i wanted to touch on this more um this is a good time to start talking about it but um for me it's about sharing information because the game is free it should be free at least information right it's leverage so Ideally, I mean, just off the top of my head, boom, I would want to like, you know, I work with a lot of new artists, I help new artists, and like what I practice with the artists that I work with, the so songs that I release, is that making sure that everyone gets a share of the actual mass of the ownership, right, of the song, uh, mm-hmm. instead of a, a flat fee or something, because that is passive income, and that's that's the shit that you can, that's obviously making while you make, it's making money while you sleep, but it's something that you, it's, it's your, it's an asset, you know, it's your intellectual property so maybe you know I don't know like getting you know just like getting having like a management company or something and just like making sure that they they business is set up to where they're not signing these co-pub deals or these or these, or these artist deals where they're getting all their other they're taking mm. all their ownership is being stripped away because like in any, in any any business I mean think about it if you like for instance like if you're an artist you go sign a deal and so alright boom if I want to buy a house and I go get a loan, right? And the house costs me 100000 Once I'm done paying right. that loan, the house is, I own the house, right? For some reason, the music, one, right. once I pay my loan back,
1: I still don't own my music. Exactly. So mm. it's like they robbing you.
3: <laughs> so it doesn't make sense. But the thing is that we're, it's a misconception that we want money. That that's all we want is money. So, hey, yeah, here, take it. You know, your ass ain't never seen $500,000. Here you go. You're like, hell yeah, let's take this shit. Let's go. What's wrong with it? We have to be mindful of. We have to, you know, and again, not not everybody is is going to be mentally prepared to play the long game. Because the long game is, I mean, it, it, you know, it has its ups and downs, but it's you playing the long game. It's, there's no instant gratification like boom, we, you know, we here. But it is the, it is the most rewarding in the end. You know what I mean? Because you you own your shit. But I I feel like um, it doesn't get talked about enough, and I don't, and I, you know, and it's like it's certain shit that you know I see like, you know, like I don't think that as a producer I should charge other producers to come play me their music or come or or come get it from a game for me. Like if I'm being sought out after for information. That means I'm probably doing well in that area, right? Of whatever it is, whether it's music or you maybe you might be a successful restaurant owner or a fucking successful trucking owner. I don't know, something you are doing something, people coming to you because you're doing it right and you're doing well. So what do I need to charge you for that shit? The game is always free. I mean, especially now with internet, you got every YouTube, you can do it yourself. You can look for information yourself. It's there. Like I said, I don't really, I don't fuck with that. You know what I mean? Like we we should be giving the game. For free, it should be for free, and I'm I'm always down, willing, giving, you know what I what I know, and I'm still learning. You know, I mean, there's still shit that I don't, you know, that I'm learning, but whatever I do know, I'm gonna give it away because that's gonna make it a little more easier for you in the end. You know what I'm saying?
1: Facts. We um, had a discussion on Friday, so every Friday we actually do lives with our podcast and talk about the um, episodes. So, like, one of the questions. You know, it was about having a team. What was the question, Trox? We were talking about having a team versus... Um,
2: the question was actually, how do you handle your business before your business handles you? Ex- essentially, that's Basically, what it was. Basically,
1: yeah. And so I, I was just mentioning how important it is to self-educate. Because even if you get a manager, an attorney, you don't, you know, you only can learn what they tell you. But our money is based off of publishing, You know, that's how you make your money. So if you're a producer, you have to know how. Like, how can you even set goals of what you really want to do if you don't know the game of publishing? How can you actually run a business because it's your own business? So um, I was mentioning how people need to self-educate and how they need to know that if they're actually really serious about this business, Um, even with a manager, even with a lawyer, you know, they're gonna do their job, but it's your job to know your business so it's cool to know that you're down with um sharing information because a lot of people are not i mean <laughs> it's a lot of greedy people out here that just want to take advantage so that's really dope can you tell me like one of the ways you actually educate like a new artist like what what are some ways that you give them the game or give them the exposure they need to to know
3: i mean just like i mean it could be just a session that you work with them and they might ask like yo like I mean, there's been sessions where producers were asking, yo, man, are you in a pub deal? And I'm like, nah, oh, you're not? Nah, I'm not in a pub deal. Oh, cause you know, such and such has been, like I've been taking meetings or whatever. And it's like, you know, you try not to like, you don't want to like impose like this, like, oh, it needs to be this way, it needs to be ownership. Cause not everybody is like, you know, it takes a certain type of, again, mentality or type of like, you know, you gotta be able to take a certain amount of pain, man. That's all it is. Cause the shit, cause, um, some producers are, maybe they're not, they don't really care about like, yo, yo, I'm gonna go out there and make these trips, meet these people. Maybe they just wanna make beats in the studio and they don't really wanna care about the other shit. They just wanna they just wanna make their music, get their bread, and that's it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's also situations where people have different circumstances. so. You know, if I got a bunch of, you know, if I got some kids or family depending on me, I mean I have the luxury to make that decision. Like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna just go the independent route when I got somebody offering me a quarter of a million dollars right now. It was it, so you can't like be like, oh, pointing your finger, oh, you didn't do it like this. You're not independent, you don't own it. Like, you know what I mean? But I think that in the beginning, cool. Let's make, you know, you make the mistakes in the beginning, but down the line, there should be an angle to have at least some sort of ownership. Hey, let me buy my way out of this or, or, or fuck it. I had, I had to eat that in the beginning, but now moving forward, I fulfill my deal. Cool, now let me do it this way. You know what I mean? So I understand that there's a bunch of different scenarios and circumstances. So it's not, it just you know what I, mean? I This is just for me, maybe because I never got offered a pub deal in the beginning. Like, cause shit, 19 year old me might've take that check. It might've been a fucked up deal. Bro, you offer me $50,000, i am 20 years old, shit. I'm, that's, that's a ticket, let's go. But I never got that offer. I never got offered that shit. You feel me? And I'm grateful for that because I, I had to figure it out. You feel me? And I would still choose that to this day. I, I would think that if a young producer right now is like maybe, you know, they're working on their craft and, and they, you know, get a job. Like, go work a job, bro. It's, gonna, it's better to just do that instead of going signing away some shit that you don't even know what you're signing. And bet on yourself, Event, essentially is what it is. You know what I mean? That's what you're doing. But if you could afford that, and, yo, you know what, fuck, I'm gonna go work a job. And I'm gonna still make music. Cool. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Until you're at the, you know, until until you get to a point where, all right, cool, I don't gotta work no more. That would be my uh, my advice as far as that goes. But in, in the end, it's still, you need to have a great product. And uh, you need to have an efficient team and you need to make like smart investments. You know what I mean? Um, Producers and even artists too tend to have a, a, a high overhead. You gotta keep your overhead low. If you can live like live, not below your means, but don't live beyond your means. In the beginning, you you'll be straight in the end. Cause a lot of times you you get tempted, bro. You you get you a check, you want to go buy you know some diamond earrings, a chain a watch. You want to get some hella new equipment, which is cool. The equipment is cool because you invested in yourself. But but all the other shit is those are all liabilities, They're not assets. You you not you just you just throwing that money away for what? You wanna you, you want buy a brand new 2020 whip? And it's like, bro, you know that shit when you, when you draw off a lot, it depreciates. You know that's like, but this is financial literacy. We don't, some people are financially illiterate. And it's like, we have to change that. We have to change that. How do we, you know, how do we uh, inform them? And information, as I said, information is leverage, and it is, it should be free, it is free. Shit, we talking about it right now. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, but this, is this, 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 right here, this ownership is like, they'll tell you it's not important, right? then it's like, okay, well, then why do you want to take it from me if it's not important? Do you get what I'm saying? You know, I, I don't know. It just, it's just, um, it's some shit to think about and to really, um, and, and, and practice it, you know what I mean? In, in your
0: life, and how you, you, know, what you're doing. That's real, man. It's crazy, too, man, because, like, you know what I mean? I, I'm, you know, I'm telling my age, but I don't care. Uh, I'm a 20-plus-year vet in this music industry, and I've seen so many cats, you know what I'm saying, especially when we were younger. They love to get you when you're young, too, you know what I'm saying? Where, you know, the situation where I had I had a, a offer for of a for a pub deal with Motown, like, in 2000. I'm trying to play football at the time, man, but I was also making beats. And I remember, uh, they were offering me a pub deal, and uh, you familiar with Cap One? Uh, not saying right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The homie the big homie, Cap One, man. He was in, he was literally, we were in the lobby, like, yeah, we're meeting with you know Motown, and I just so happened to have like a family friend that was a lawyer with me, and man, he took one look at the paperwork, was like, hey man, take that scholarship, bro. Like, keep playing football, bro. <laughs> stay that stay that course. And, and figure it out when you're done. Because if you sign this, you, you're going to be on them money for a long time. And I was like, wow, I probably would have, like you said, I probably would have signed that deal if it was just me by myself.
3: And you had someone to, to, to
0: guide you and say, no, 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 do, you oh, know no. Oh, man. And I, I remember, because it was funny, man, uh, Cap One signed that deal. It took him years to get out of that deal, too. You know what I'm saying? He signed that same deal, was writing for Nokio from Drew Hill. He was trying to rap and all that awful music was coming out. I remember he bought a chain and a Ford Expedition, mm. and that was it.
1: That's You know crazy. what I mean?
0: And I was just like, <laughs> wow. So every time I would see him, I'd be like, man, you got your deal on your neck. You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of, you know what I'm saying, poking fun at it, but... Cap is, you know, is an exceptional writer, man. So right, right, right. he was able to literally write himself out of that deal. Like, I'm going to give him so many songs they could use that, you know, they'll get their money back in am out. You know what I mean? But he had to grind for it, man. I, I, and I wish, you know what I'm saying? He hadn't signed that deal because my lawyer was like, yo, I don't know, man. Like, we just walked away from one. We ain't trying to tell you what to do. But, uh... <laughs> Is you know, Motown had no business dealing with rap anyway. You know what I'm saying? That's that's right. not what they do. Right. You know what I mean? So, it was just weird. They were trying to pivot in that direction anyway. And they were anybody that was young with a buzz, they were trying to snatch them up. You know what I'm saying? So, it it was crazy, man. But uh, we super appreciate you coming on, dropping gems on us and everything, man. Catching up, it was super dope. Let everybody know where we can find you online, bro. Uh,
3: Instagram is, is Nasan Beats. Twitter, is not sent. Um, I mean, shit, I don't know, but that's really about it. Um, I'm, uh, what's it called? I'm, I'm gonna drop a, uh, I'm gonna be dropping songs every month.
0: Nice. Oh. Uh,
3: starting in July, so I got uh, one, one song coming out with CS Armstrong, and then the next song, you know, I think the next one a girl named Orion's Sun, and then we'll see the third release. But uh, you know, just you know, we we have to as producers know that uh, shit, man, we 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 like we like artists now. Um, we could, you know, we have a. Uh, the way that, the way it's set up now is like, you know, back then we would sit on all this all this music, unreleased music that you might have had with so all these artists and now you can just put it out. Like, yo, shit, fuck it. Yeah. Like Trox is producer, you yeah. a yeah, song with fifty cents never came out. Yo, see so if you can clear it, put it out. Absolutely. And then yeah.
0: gotta be fifty cents. It can be any artist he's working with. You'd be surprised if the artists are really cool with it because they wanna see you eat too. You know what I'm saying? So definitely. Like I had I had a record. Remember Freddie Gibbs was working on the east side yeah. slim joint yeah. that never came out. I had a bunch of records on there, man. So right. I got with Fred, was like, hey man, what, what you gonna do with those records? He was like, I might keep some for some future projects, but if you want some of these records, uh, you know, I'll, I'll clear them for you and, you know, go make that paper, bro. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I put out a joint with me, him, and, and BJ the Chicago Kid. And d- yeah, d- you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, they signed off on it. They were really cool about it, man. So right, yep. I-, I love that you, uh, you know like you came back to the land uh, one time and you know yeah. like Brittany Carter is tearing shit up out here in the shot and I, I saw you working with Brittany I was like see Nascent gets it man you know what I'm saying working with the yeah, I gotta send her, yeah. another. Gotta send her another folder man Brittany Carter thank you but I heard her yes sir
3: yeah, I heard her music. I think uh, my, my boy, I think scheme it to me. Uh, I just I've been hip, I've been hip, and uh, I heard it, and I was like, man, she's tight. I fuck with her, you know what she's doing, her sound. So um, when I went home, I tapped in, and I like going home a lot. I mean, right now I can't, you know, because of the giving the circumstance, but like absolutely. But after this, shit I go home a lot, tap in with family, but also just tap, just see what's going on. Cause I don't ever want to be uh, removed from home and removed from what's happening because that's what matters is, is a new artist and the new Indeed, shit that, that's, you know saying, that's happening. Um, you don't want to lose touch with that. You become dated and shit and, and it's like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be, I mean, at least I don't even because we have producers can have a long shelf life because we're, we're the background. As an artist, you got to say, you got to say, let me, once you hit, you know, and it's crazy because it's just in, in, in this in this type of music. You you know I don't see I don't really hear nobody saying the Rolling Stones is washed up and they owe the shit so like but you know or oh, yeah. you in, in hip hop or, or, or R and B and they like, said oh you got a certain you feel me and if you're a woman oh even even worse shorter so it's like yeah but bound I feel like um, producers have we have a, a longer shelf life as long as our ears stay you. fresh and we're open to new ideas and open to collaborating and that's how we're gonna sustain you feel me a career. And it's like, you know what I mean? And, and and shit like, you know, not not you know, I don't know. It's like just stay right in the middle, bro. You feel me? That's that's the best like advice. Um, as a producer, shit going good, don't get too high, and shit going bad, don't don't get too low. Just stay right there. And it's like you just coasting and you just you know, what I mean? you been killed, boy,
0: every time. You know what I'm saying? All day, man. You know how we rocking, man. It's you know, it's just a couple of narratives I like to see change, man. The whole age narrative, man. You know, Griselda is killing it right now. All them cats are
3: over 35, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know, man. Talk to my brother, B. Butcher, man. That's my twin. He is, he is the fucking sound behind that shit. We, we need to say that more. He needs to be, you feel me? Because it's yeah. him, him and, and the homie Derringer. Uh, Butcher's
0: nasty, man.
3: Yeah. Butcher's a genius, man. That dude is a genius, and his shit is crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's going to take us producers to fucking help each other out, man. You know what I mean? Like, just talk that shit. If you know your homie tight, man, say, you know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> say that shit, bro. Yes, sir, man. Absolutely, man. So, uh, you know, this episode is a little extra special for us, man. So, uh, we're uh, we going to get out of here first and foremost, man. I got to give a rest in peace to our boy, Doc, man. We love you. We miss you, brother. Damn.
3: Yeah. Rest yeah, in man. peace. My brother, Doc, and preacher. Dr- you, yeah, both of y'all work with him, man. And... I met Doc because I was at, uh, I used to go to WGCI. Yes, sir. To go, you know, just go figure this shit out. Just trying to, you know what I mean? Trying to go, uh, trying to make some shit happen. No Shout out to DJ Lil Jon for, for literally being the first person to give me a chance in music. And I met, L you know, Brown, remember All Bangers?
0: Yeah, Harv, the homie Harv, man. Rest in peace, Harv, man. Harvey, all
3: bangers. In Harvey hard, man. all bangers, rest in peace Harv, All Bangers. Rest in peace, I met him, I used to go to GCI, bro, two, two days, two m- Mondays out the month to go try to get my beats played on the radio. I thought that was a thing. <laughs> I was trying to get my beats played on, and then Lil John told me, no, nah, but you gotta come Different, like you got, you got, you know what I'm saying. Like, dude, so I would make beats. Um, I would make beats, and shit. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, as remixes for songs that on the radio. And he would play them on the mix show. And then because of that, I met Doc. I met, Doc, I met Doc's brother at the, at the, at the Monday Mingles. Yes, sir. The
0: Monday Mingles, boy. Them joints was dope. <laughs> yeah, bro. As, as, you know, yeah, bro. Like yeah. you know,
3: like that's what I'm saying, dog Like you really got to put in the work, bro. Tell yeah. my Monday Mingle that shit. 2006 or some shit, seven. Like, bro, I was in high school. I was cutting class on Mondays to go to downtown to go work with, to go tap in with Lil Jon mm. and just learn some shit and meet people. You Absolutely,
0: I mean? man. Definitely, man. And uh, you know, even you know, rest in peace Tim Buck too. He was one of the other people that showed us hella love. Rest in peace Tim, man. Jai Tribe
3: as well.
0: No doubt, yeah. try for sure, man. Like we we got to keep pushing, man. For you know what I'm saying. They looking down on us, man. Like yeah, keep going. You know what I'm saying. Those was all, all our brothers, man, for sure, man. So that being said, we're going to get up out of here. I'm your friendly neighborhood podcast host slash washed up football player, Ill Brown. This is your main man, Trucks. Yo,
1: and this is your girl, Candy.
0: And she having a good hair day today. I think I'm always having a good hair day, as they would say. As they would say, they always teasing me, bro. It was, it was like you always had a good she hair day. Today, hair this ain't right. good. This ain't a good hair day, man. This is. I got no damn
1: hair. She <laughs> you know Man, as you long as Trux got the beard on point, he good. He good. You having a good <laughs> hair true. day is
0: just down here, Trox. That's all. You know right. <laughs> true. That's true. You right. you, all yeah, you right, know, man. We catch y'all on the next episode. It's been real. Peace. Peace thanks so much for listening to this episode of beat the block if you like what you hear please leave us a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast it helps the show a lot see you on the next episode peace